Welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Grow My Salon Business Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and it's great to have you here with me today. Every fourth episode of the podcast is an episode I dedicate to answering questions that you, the listeners, have sent in. So today, I picked out two questions that I know will resonate with salon owners everywhere. Now, you may already know that I also have an online management course that we launched at the beginning of the year, and we're about to open it up again for enrollment. So if you don't know anything about it, then stick around as today's episode definitely has a salon management slant towards it. But before we get into it, I want to ask you to do me a little favor, and that is to share this episode with a friend or someone who you think will benefit from it as a way of paying it forward. So with that said, let's get on with today's episode. The first question that I want to address is a question I got from someone called Sandy in Birmingham, but she, and I'm assuming it's a she, uh, didn't tell me the name of the salon, so I'm not sure if it's Birmingham in the UK or Birmingham in the United States, but it doesn't really matter as Sandy's question is relevant to salon owners everywhere. So let me read it to you. What Sandy said was this, I opened my salon four years ago and I'm finding it hard to grow. It's a beautiful space to work in. I have three staff members, two stylists and an assistant. I'm great at doing hair. I'm always fully booked and I generate most of the revenue myself working five and a half days a week behind the chair. But despite that, the business just won't grow. So what should I do? So first of all, thanks, Sandy. That's a great question and one that many salon owners have grappled with over the years. So first things I just want to address, uh, I want to say congratulations. You've been open for four years. So that in itself is no mean feat, especially during the fact that uh, those four years have, have traversed, two of them have been uh, COVID. So you're back open again. So you survived uh, COVID. Uh, so again, congratulations for that. Um, from what I read in uh, what I just read then out loud and what I read a little bit more information in your email, you said that the business has been pretty much static uh, since it opened, even though you had uh, two years uh, before COVID uh, be, uh, that you opened the salon. So let's let's just uh, dig in there a little bit and start talking about some of those things first. The big mistake that many salon owners make is that just because you're good at doing hair, it doesn't automatically mean that you'll be good at running a hairdressing business. And just because your business exists doesn't mean that it will automatically grow. There's a wonderful movie. I'm sure you've heard of it or probably seen it. Uh, Kevin Costner's in it. It's called Field of Dreams. And there's a great line in it, which has been used by many people over the years. And that line is, build it and they will come. 
And it, it's a sort of a, a, a line that people often use in the context of, I'm going to open a business and they will come. Uh, but the problem is, that is not actually how it works. You can build it, but they won't necessarily come to you. You said that it's a beautiful space. And that's what made me think of that line. It's a beautiful space. And I'm sure it is. But a premises for your business doesn't make it a business. A premises is just where your business has potential to exist, to be, to grow. So what I would say to you is that now it's time to build and create your business. Now, I do want to say that there isn't a one-size-fits-all answer that I can say here. It's not a case of me saying, do this and your business will grow, Sandy. But the last bit of what you said, that the business just won't grow, so what should I do? That made me think about vision. You see, most people open a salon, and I include me in this, with a vision of what they want the business that they're opening to look like, okay? And the vision of what your business will look like is really only part of the story. So what do I mean by that? Well, as I said, um, having a vision for your business and what it will look like is usually the start point that most salon owners have. And as I said, that was definitely me as well. But vision is more than that. And that sort of is what stood out to me was that that, that little bit of frustration, that last sentence where, where you said, you know, what should I do? Like it's been open now for X amount of years. What should I do? Because it just won't grow. And so it comes back to, well, what is the vision for your business? Because I think you had a vision to open a business. And it's by all accounts, from what you've said, it's a very nice space to work in. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a great business and you're great at doing hair, but it's not growing. So what should you do? So let's come back to this question of vision. And the fact that the vision for your business is what underpins everything going forward. And yes, what your vision for your business will look like is an important component. But can I suggest to you, it is only one component. And being a hairdresser, just like me, it's typically what we got hung up on at the very beginning. So I'm going to suggest to you that a vision should have at least four different components to it. And even then you can drill down. And in fact, I'm going to drill down on those components in more detail. But the first component of vision is having a vision for the marketing of your business. So what is the vision for how your business will generate new clients? How will you turn them into regulars? And how will you keep them as long as possible? The second one is what is the vision for the financial standards of your business? Meaning, it's important to remember that this is a business and it will survive or fail based on the numbers. So what is your vision for the productivity, the financial standards that will matter in your business? Third, we have the products and services. Now, in hairdressing, the product is primarily the services that we offer. So what is your vision for the work that you do and the reputation that you have? 
And finally, we have our team. So what is the vision for your team? Because whether there's one of them or a hundred of them, without your team, nothing happens. And you alluded to that. You said there was just you, and I think you said two stylists and one other assistant, but you're doing five and a half days a week and producing most of the revenue. So what is the vision for your team? What is the vision for how you will attract, nurture, and reward your team members? Now, when you're developing the vision for your business, I think it needs to address each of those areas separately because together, that's what makes up the whole. So what I want to do is to dig into each of those four components in a little bit more detail so that you can start to develop the vision for your business. So let's start off with talking about your salon marketing. And as you think about these questions that I'm going to pose to you um, in terms of developing the vision for your business around the marketing component. So the first question I want to ask you is, what is the concept for your business? For example, are you what I refer to as a full service salon, meaning that you do everything there as opposed to you being a specialist salon? So for example, are you a full service salon? Or are you a color specialist salon? Are you a spa? Are you a blow dry bar? Are you a barbershop or an extension specialist? So what is the concept? Because that's part of the vision for your business. Secondly, who is your target market? Don't make the mistake of saying that everybody is your target market because, well, they're just not. Everybody is not your target market. Who is your ideal client? Are they male? Are they female? Is their average age 20 or is it 50? What services do they have? How often do they visit? What is their average beauty budget? Next, we have what are your brand values, meaning What's important to you, your business as a brand? For example, is it ongoing education? Is it being part of your community? Is it teamwork or supporting environmental causes? And who will your product brand partners be? What product manufacturers will you align with? And do they share the same brand values too? And where will your salon be located in order to attract the target market that you want at the price point that you offer? and the team that you want? Would it be best to be located on a high street or a main street, the business district or a shopping center, or the local mall or the city center, or out in the suburbs? And what is your social media strategy? What social platforms will you use? Will you do it yourself? How often will you post? How much time will you devote to creating content and engaging with your online community? And what will the salon look like? How many styling positions will there be? This is probably the part that you were really good at. How many shampoo stations? What will the design and the decor of the salon be? That was probably, if you like a typical hairdresser, the bit that you nailed down right at the beginning. But that's only part of it. So how will you grow as a business. For example, are you reliant on walk-ins or word of mouth or social media or working with a publicist or are you just going to do lots of advertising? What is your vision for the marketing strategy that you have in order for the business to grow? Are you planning on expansion and opening more salons? And if so, how do you plan to do that? Will there be partnerships or will they be under management or will it be a franchise? 
You see, these sort of questions are by no means a finite list, although there's a lot of them. But from a marketing perspective, as you answer each one of these questions, you're one step closer to defining your business vision from a marketing perspective. Now, secondly, or the next area for you to clarify is your financial vision. And this is often a weak spot for salon owners and managers, but your business will live and die by the numbers, by the results. So you need absolute clarity around the financial standards that you envision for your business, starting with what will be your business model? How will you employ people? Will they be commission-based, salaried? Will it be a rental business model? If it's a commission system, what will the levels be that commission is paid on and at what percentage? If it's rental, how much will the rent be? How will you generate revenue? For example, will the revenue come just through services and retail? Or will you also have memberships or e-commerce or affiliate programs? Or perhaps you'll also work as an educator, or perhaps you're able to sublet some unused space. And what price point will you be at? Are you at the budget or value end of the pricing scale, or are you positioned at a high price point? And will you have a level system, or will all salon services be at the same price, regardless of who does the work? And what salon software will you use? Will you do online booking? What reports do you need daily, weekly, monthly? And what sales targets do you have for the business per week, per month, per year? What will those targets be for both salon and for the individuals who work there as the expected levels of productivity? And what key performance indicators or metrics or numbers will you monitor? For example, is pre-booking going to be important for your business model? Or is it going to be retail that you'll measure, client retention, average bill, employee costs? And importantly, how will you pay yourself? Will it be a fixed salary? And if so, will it be 50 grand a year, 75 grand a year, 100 grand, 150 or more? And finally, and in many ways, most importantly, what is your profit target for the business? Meaning after everything else has been paid, including your salary, what percentage of sales is the profit to be? And is it going to be reinvested back into the business or is it going to be taken as a director's dividend? Again, this list of questions is by no means a finite list, but from a financial perspective, as you start to answer each one, you're one step closer to defining the business vision that you have. Next is our salon product and services vision. In the hairdressing salon industry, the majority of what we sell is the services we offer. But there's also a retail component. So what is the vision for your salon product and services? Starting with what will your retail offering be? Meaning what product lines will you carry? Will it be limited to just hair and beauty products or are there other retail opportunities that would also be a fit for your target market? What services will you offer? For example, will you do extensions? Will you be able to cater for all hair textures? Will you offer treatments and services for hair loss? Will you do bridal services? 
And what do you want to be known for? What's your area of expertise? Are you going to be a color correction expert? Or are you going to be award-winning hair cutters? Or the best at dressing hair? Or are you known as the most fashion-forward salon? Or perhaps you're known as the family salon? And is the salon by appointment only, or is it a walk-in business model? And how much time will you allocate for haircut appointments? Will it be 15 to 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour? Or will it vary depending on the level of the stylist? Or is it just a case of it takes as long as it takes? And what is your vision for the client journey? Meaning, what will the client experience be from the minute they walk in the door to when they leave and beyond? What will that brand experience look and feel like? And finally, how will you create and maintain a consistent brand experience? Once again, that list of questions is by no means a finite list, but as you answer them, you're one step closer to defining the vision for your business. Remember, the vision is the what you want to achieve. And finally, what is the vision for your salon team? Because without the right people on your team, nothing happens. So what is the vision that you have for how you'll attract, nurture, and reward those two, three team members that you have? Starting with how many people do you want on your team when you say you're not growing? Do you want to keep it small? with just maybe three to five people? Or do you have dreams of expansion and multiple salons? How will you recruit new people for your team? What values, what beliefs, what skills and attitudes are you looking for in new team members? What will be included in your code of conduct? What positions and titles will there be? For example, will there be assistants? I know you said you already had one. But do you want to have a salon coordinator? Do you want specialist colorists? Do you want stylists? Do you want salon managers? And what will be the accompanying goals and responsibilities for each of those positions? What will your training program include? Will you outsource it or develop your own unique training systems? What career opportunities will you offer? And are there real growth opportunities for others within the business? What criteria must team members meet in order to be eligible for promotion? What flexibility can you offer for their work schedule? That's probably the number one thing that people are looking for today. For example, can you offer part-time hours or the potential for weekends off? And will there be a dress code or uniform, or is each individual free to express themselves? What benefits will you offer? For example, will there be holiday pay? Will there be health and dental care? Again, this list of of questions is by no means a finite list. But from a team vision perspective, your answer to each question takes you one step closer to defining your business vision. And as I said, your vision is what you want to achieve. And you can't really address the next step to the answer to that question, which is how are you going to do it until you start to flesh out the answers to those questions. It can be hard work, can't it? Because there are so many questions that you could ask. And some of them you'll already know the answer to, whereas 
Others might be irrelevant to you at the moment. And I get that. And there may be, be some that you haven't even thought of yet. And so you'll need to reflect on them for a while. And if you don't have the answer at the moment, then that's okay. And if you have an answer but wish to change it later, then that's okay too. In fact, both the questions and the answers will inevitably change over time because your business will evolve as technology changes and as employee and consumer needs and expectations change. And you'll need to adapt and change with it too. But there's always value in asking the questions because it at least is getting you to think about your business in a wider context. It's more than just you standing behind the chair doing hair because sooner or later, you'll be confronted with answering all these questions and many more. And with every question, there's an answer. And not having an answer is an answer in itself. But the more you can answer them, the more you're in control and the more you're defining your vision for the business and the culture that you want to create within it, then the better the chance you've got of asking the next question, which is how do I do that? So what is the vision for your business, Sandy? What is it? What is the big dream going forward? What is the next step? You see, leading from the front, and I'm going to say that that's what you were doing before, meaning that, you know, you said that you were working five and a half days a week and you were generating the most revenue. That's what I call leaning from the front. Well, leaning from the front is all well and good, but people need managing. And to be the best version of themselves, it's your business, you're the person that's going to have to manage them and build that team. Your job actually isn't to be the busiest one in the business. Your job is to grow a team of people. And you can't actually do that by being the busiest one in the salon. So I hope that that answer was helpful to whatever degree, Sandy. Now, the second question I've got is from a gentleman called Steve, and Steve is in Florida. And Steve said to me, uh, let me just read this out. He said, I heard you say on one of your YouTube videos, the salon owners shouldn't employ a manager. Now, for anyone who doesn't already know, I have a YouTube channel with well over 450 videos on it. So that's what Steve is referring to. Anyway, Steve went on to say, so can you talk about why I shouldn't employ a manager on your podcast? Because honestly, I can't do this by myself. So I need a manager to help me. So Steve, I'm not 100% sure which video I said that comment in, but I'm not saying don't employ a manager. And I'm sure I, I didn't mean it to come across like that. But what I probably said was that most salon owners want to employ a manager to come in and sort out all their problems. But it's your business. You opened it and they're your problems. So you need to sort them out. Now, I know that that sounds a bit brutal. So if it does, my apologies. But most salon owners, and again, I'm going to include me in this, Steve, but most salon owners are unprepared for the reality of being business owners. And they just have this idea that they're going to make lots of money and that they'll attract a loyal, hardworking and productive team and that everyone will live happily ever after 
and that they're surprised when that's not the case. And, and this sort of, you can see how it dovetails perfectly into the earlier question from Sandy. You see, owning and managing a business is hard work. Attracting and motivating and training and leading a team of people isn't easy. Creating a great culture, getting organized and putting the structure and systems in place isn't easy. It takes time. You can employ a manager if you want to, but you have to get the business to a certain size before the business can even afford a manager. And do you know what? In most cases, they simply can't. And that's often why I say that you shouldn't employ a manager. Because if you've got less than, say, five or six revenue-producing stylists, then it's probably not a financially viable thing to do. And most salons have much less than five or six financially busy, productive, behind-the-chair stylists. But once you are bigger, then employing a manager can be a very good thing to do so that you can either concentrate on looking after more clients yourself or perhaps it's so that the business can expand. But if you try and employ a manager when you're too small, under the guise of you want them to sort out all your problems, that's when I say, no, do not employ a manager. Because a good manager, meaning someone who's going to run the business and sort out all your problems, is going to need to be paid properly because those skills, as you found out, are skills that are in high demand. But here's the thing, Steve. You can do this. Sandy can do this. You can learn to be the manager and the leader that you need to be as long as you recognize that it requires different skills to standing behind the chair. Now, I'll also say that although I believe you can do it, then ultimately it comes down to the question of do you want to do it? Because not everyone wants to do it. Not everyone is suited to, to owning and managing a business and running a business and managing a team of people. But if you want to do it, I believe that you can do it. You can be taught to be a good manager. You can learn the skills of management. Becoming a successful salon owner and manager is a journey. And it's a journey that never stops. In order to Stay at the top of your game, though. It's essential that you're continually refining and tweaking your own skills to keep up to date with the ever-changing work environment. And it's changing a lot, especially over the last couple of years. And it doesn't appear to be slowing down. Whether that's because of the ever-changing, evolving business models or the changing employee and consumer expectations, or the new ways of thinking and working, or new technology. The reality is, is that you can't afford to stand still. So, again, I hope that was helpful, Steve, at some level. I hope it was reassuring that you've got this. I believe that you've got this. I really do believe that you have the capacity, you have the ability to be able to do this. So before we wrap up, I have two important bits of information for you, which also might be a helpful next step for 
both Sandy and for Steve and everybody else out there, because I chose those two questions because they're questions that are typical of, of salon owners everywhere. So two bits of information that I want to share with you. The first one is that I have put together what I call a salon management checklist. Now, it's another freebie that is a checklist so that you can, you know, download it, print it out and mark off what you currently have in place in your business. And at the same time, identify where the gaps or the opportunities are to improve your business. Now, if you'd like to download it, then no matter where you are listening to this, okay, because you're listening to this on a podcasting platform of some description, whether it's Spotify or Apple iTunes or my website or wherever, okay? So no matter where you are listening to this, no matter what platform you're listening to it on, you will see a link in the show notes of this podcast. So just look for the show notes and the link titled Salon Management Checklist. And you can download that. And I forget how many points I've put there, but it'll certainly give you something to look through and go, okay, tick this. Yes, I've got that. No, I don't have that. And that will then give you a really clear starting point about the things that are perhaps missing in your business from a management perspective. Okay. So the second thing is that on May the 16th, we will be launching our online salon management course via a free masterclass. So it's a one-hour free masterclass. And if you'd like to register for the free one-hour online masterclass, there will be a link for that in the show notes of this podcast. The link will be titled Salon Management Masterclass. So sign up and register for that. And at the end of that masterclass, I will then also be talking about our online management course uh, which some of you may also be interested in. Okay, so that is a wrap until next week when I bring another great guest to you on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. So until then, keep safe. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.